Hi, baby. <laughs> Oops. Okay. And we're recording. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, episode. what? What? You just fucking hit record like it was no big deal? A regular Joseph Gordon-Levitt over here. What does that mean? He has a company called Hit Record. Oh, what does it do? I don't know. It's some bullshit. <laughs> yeah. It- <laughs> Welcome to the show. <laughs> <laughs> Wahoo! Ding dong! Who could it be? Astro Blast Podcast. It's me, Chris Farron. It's me, Jess Abbott. Welcome to the podcast. We talk about astrology and we both believe in it. Through and through, baby. Except uh, we don't because it's psychological astrology. And I actually don't even believe that. (laughs) You don't believe in psychology? No, I'm Scientologist now. What do you believe in? I believe in uh myself oh yeah isn't that so nice yeah i was trying to think of what scientologists believe in without saying the things that everybody says all the time but then i don't know yeah of course xenu the hell is that is that they're like alien god or something that's right did producer jenny leave the room and not turn the light off like we specifically asked her to jenny it's so bright well chris and i are dark twisted souls yeah we're goth so we like it to be i'm goth i'm twisted yeah, my spirit animal is a bat. <laughs> yeah. Goodbye. Bye-bye. So welcome to Astro Blast, big podcast. We're going to talk about Neptune today, and we're also going to do a probe with Kevin Devine. I love Kevin Devine. Great, great man. And we have such exciting news this week. For the first time, we are launching a merch store. We have two t-shirts. One of them says Astro Blast with a comment on a pocket. It's like a black t-shirt with a pocket and it says Astro Blast with a comment on the pocket. And then Chris designed one that looks like Twilight Zone. That's right. And it says H for the D to the stars and back. That's right. There's three pins. You can finally get a Team Jess pin, a Team Chris pin. And a Team Producer Jenny. Oh, we should have done that. Next time. Uh, Next time. Sorry, Jenny. (laughs) Then there's an H for Astrology pin. They're like cool enamel pins. They're not like, you know, shitty little buttons. They're like solid metal enamel pins. I'm really excited about it. I've never... And how much are they? hundred bucks? No, they're very affordable. Okay. I believe you. And the website link is astroblasting.com slash just that. Okay. And the merch will be there. And well, not only is this all coming up in time for the holidays for your loved ones people you forced to listen to this podcast on long car rides you can now get them this merch with a 20 percent discount if you sign up for our patreon and i know what you're thinking i don't have money i don't want to sign up for patreon but here's some food for thought okay first thing we have a, a tier that's only two dollars a month huh. it's cheap as shit and with that tier you get access to the full unedited astro probes. Usually those, those suckers go from like 25 to 45 minutes, but I cut them down to 10 minutes for the episode. Mm-hmm. So if you get this $2 a month tier, you get those full interviews with people. Then if you get the second tier, which is $5, you get all of those extended astro pr- probes, as well as you get to ask me one question about your natal chart every month, and I will answer it for you. She knows. It's not advice, but... I will talk to you about astrology, about any one thing in your chart. And that's belly chart? Exactly. And then the third tier, which is $10 a month, gets you both of those things, as well as... 24-hour webcam of me in my bathtub. Plus a 20% discount on our web store. The first tier is called Area 69. <laughs> $2. Whoa! Sucking dick and eating pussy. <laughs> Tier number two is the Astro Blasters tier. And uh, tier number three is the H for the AB tier. What's that one? That's the one where you get the merch discount, the full probes, and you get to ask me one question a month about and your chart. 24-hour webcam access to my bathtub. <laughs> Never take a bath, so it's empty. There was a spider in there the other day. Oh, shit. So you don't shower either? No, it's separate. You know. You've been in there. <laughs> It's super weird asking for money, but if you love the podcast and you want to support us to keep, you know, creating these episodes every week, then you can do that. And yeah, I hope you guys all enjoy the merch. You're going to love it. You're going to like the way you look. That's Warehouse. <laughs> um, 
Neptune, famously god of the sea. Yeah. Really? Wow, you really got that. Who's Poseidon? The god of the sea, but they have, what so the Neptune and Poseidon are the same, but one is Roman and one is Greek, but they're the same thing. Okay. So basically Greek, Greek mythology happened first. So we've got like Zeus, god Ares, of god of war, Hermes, god of crabs. Crabs. So we've got all those names, but then all the ones that are the planetary names are the same Greek gods, but just with different names that are Jupiter, Pluto, Neptune, aye, all that aye, shit. Those aye. are the Roman ones. Yeah. Italy basically was like, oh, we really like all that shit. So we're going to just like take it all and then rename it. Right. Uh, but also, before we get talking about Neptune for real, uh, I kind of mentioned this a little bit in the Red Lobster episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Love that that's a sentence I just said. That we are going to be getting into talking about more specific stuff about like people's signs and their planets, what your stuff means, because everybody loves astrology because they love to talk about and hear about themselves. That's right. Which is also crucial to self-development, so I'm not bashing it. You know, it goes both ways. Uh, but we're going to get to doing that kind of stuff and a an deeper analysis, but we're just trying to get through the basics for Chris's sake. And also because I Thank feel you. like... I don't want to just jump in and do a meme style. I want people to like understand what's happening, which is why we're taking it a little bit slow. But And before we begin, yes, three things. I got a new iPhone, number one. Number two, I got a new TV. It's 15 inches bigger than my last one. And yes, I gained 11 pounds in the past four months. Wow. How do you feel about that? I feel unhappy, to say the least, I, about the, the pounds. Everything else is good. Well, it seems like getting a new phone and TV isn't going to help you get rid of those 11 pounds. You think? No, unless you're watching yoga, yoga videos. Which... Videos and listening to jogging music. Anyway, by the next episode, I will have lost 30 pounds. Well, we're rolling into holiday season and people notoriously... Not this guy. You got to be I... sexy for when Santa Claus comes. I'm going to be the sexiest Christmas boy you've ever seen. <laughs> I'm going to be strong. I'm going to have six pack. That's nice. Nice, okay. I'm going to have being done push-ups, maybe even have a gym membership. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, you should come to the climb gym with Jenny no, and I. I can't. I wish I could, but I can't. <laughs> You're busy that day. I'm so busy to climb. Oh, and I love to do it, but I just can't. Anyway, that's my update, and I have another update, but I will save it for a little bit later. It's about my wife. <gasps> you have an update about your wife that kind you're going to drop barely. live on the pod? Yeah. We should do a segment called What's Up With Cassie, and you just tell us what's up with Cassie. That sounds great. <laughs> it's also Mercury Retrograde. And I've been able to tell. Mercury Retrograde started on Halloween. It's and so scary. it's going to go for a few weeks, so we will keep in touch about that till it's over. Please. We learned in the Mercury episode that retrograde happens a few times a year. And what we learned about that was it's not as ominous as everybody makes it out to be. It's just a time where communication becomes... Communication becomes something that we should handle more slowly. Yeah. I knew it was retrograde Mercury. I've been walking around and there's been spider webs on everything. And I know when there's spider webs on everything, on people's bushes outside. I saw an orange spider web. And that's when I knew Mercury and retrograde. I saw a skeleton in somebody's dang window. It doesn't always happen on and Halloween. And that's when I knew Mercury was in retrograde. I saw a little baby dressed as Power Ranger Red. <laughs> and that's when I knew Power Mercury retrograde. Your eyes widening, staring into my soul. <laughs> so yeah, it just means take your time with things. Take some time alone. It means uh, kind of... The Best of... Buy salesman, the, the TV today, mm -hmm. pushy. And that's when I knew <laughs> Mercury's in retrograde. Think of it as like a really short hibernation period. You go to your house, you read a book... You evaluate your relationships with people. You reevaluate how you're carrying yourself in the world, your priorities, your menial day-to-day -day priorities, how you're feeling. Just and just take time to yourself to really think anything through before you do it. Which, as I said in the Mercury episode, isn't because Mercury is in retrograde. Mercury in retrograde just is a good reminder that every once in a while we should all stop and do those things. Hibernate, like a bear, find a mm. bunch of leaves. You know what these bears are doing, right? What? When they hibernate? What? Do you know about this? Have you heard about this? I think, I don't know if this is true, but I feel like it's true. Bears, if for people who don't know, is a kind of animal that hibernates. 
and they go into the woods. They find a little house. They make a house in a tree, and they just lay there for six months or something, three months. And they stick leaves and rocks up their butts so they don't poop when they're sleeping. Is this real? I think so. And when I, where I was hearing it from was reputable, but I don't remember where. At this you point. suddenly felt so much less alone. Well, I mean, what are these bears doing? What are they up to? They hibernate. A bear hibernates. What does that mean? All right, let's talk about Neptune. Thank you, finally. Let's start with astronomy like we always do. Okay. So Neptune was discovered in 1856. Great year. You remember it fondly? Uh Uh-huh. Its astronomical symbol looks like Neptune's trident. Neptune takes almost 165 years to go through each of the 12 signs. Oh, my gosh. Spending about 14 years in each sign. So it's another generational planet. You know, we're still talking about outer planets here. Mm. It's a large kind of bluish planet. And because it's the farthest planet out from the sun since Pluto was fired from the planet club, (gasps) Neptune is hard to see from Earth. It can be visually very elusive. Despite being discovered in 1856, it wasn't until 1997 that the first scientifically useful observations of Neptune from ground-based telescopes happened. Dang. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. So in the same way that Uranus is awkward axis... come on. (laughs) In the same way that Uranus is awkward axis relates to the oddity of Aquarius, Mm -hmm. which Uranus rules, Neptune's physical elusiveness relates to its astrological meaning as well. Mm -hmm. Meaning that we're going to use the keywords to kind of segue there. Neptune's keywords are compassion, understanding, dreams, dissolution, confusion, escapism, martyrdom, illusion, artistry, the soul, sensitivity, trends, fashions, longing, secrets, and sometimes drugs and addiction. Nice. All of these words tie to a seemingly unexplainable idea of unconsciousness. With Neptune, we give in to things. We allow ourselves to subconsciously become things outside of ourselves. This can be through music, art, a drug, alcohol, a dream, or just a moment of genuine compassion. So much emotional beauty is in Neptune, and my favorite thing it represents is the small moments of sacrifice, such as the things we do for a child or holding the door for someone at the corner store. These are the instances where for a small moment, we are truly outside of ourselves and melting into the universe. We have no doubts in our decision in these moments. I've been, I feel that way. Yes. Neptune rules Pisces. Hell yeah. Traditionally, Pisces is ruled by Jupiter, but with the new, with the discovery of the outer planets, Neptune is also a ruler of Pisces. We've talked about that before. We see a lot of these themes in Pisces as well, as these keywords. We learned in the Elements episode that water signs are seeking unity. They want to join with others in a meaningful way. And in this way, Pisces is pulling from Neptune's longing to merge with everyone and everything. Mm-hmm. To float in a world of mystery and love. As we learned in the last few episodes, the wider orbits of the outer planets means that we can't just look at the sign of Neptune or Uranus or Pluto, the other two outer planets, and draw personal meaning. The sign of your Neptune relates to a generation that spans the 14 years that it was in that sign. So where Uranus shows generational trends about ideas, movements, revolution, change, Neptune shows generational trends about fashion, art, music, and spirituality. This is because we're all subconsciously responding to a psychological longing to unite and relate in some way and feel that we belong, not just to ourselves, but to the universe. We don't know why, but all of a sudden we all want to wear our hair like this or our clothes like that. It's because we're all trying to experience something bigger than ourselves. Liz Green in her book on the outer planet says, when a particular fashion or musical style sweeps the civilized world and becomes a symbol for a group emotional urge, then we may glimpse Neptune at work. Born hot. Yep. Yeah, that's a response to everyone wanting to be born hot. That's right. Okay, let's stop real fast and do our pro. I am here today with a good friend of mine, Kevin Devine. Kevin, how are you? Hi, I'm pretty good. I'm I'm actually idly dusting my MIDI keyboard because I noticed how dirty it is while we were talking for a minute there. I'm good. I'm good. Sitting here talking to you. It's nice. And you're home. You're not traveling. Kevin Devine is a fantastic musician. I've toured with him a few times. That is how we met. Or was it was it just once? I feel like we actually toured just once, but have like circled around, you know, met in other random far-flung places a bunch of times, which makes it feel like we were touring. But I think we actually toured together once. It was a six-week tour, though. It was a big tour. You are now and have always been stationed in New York, right? Yes. That's where we're mm-hmm. we're, speak, we're speaking from opposite coasts here. That's, that's right. Tell me a little bit about your relationship to astrology. 
I, I kind of feel astrology is one of the many things that I have like a window shopper relationship with. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I wouldn't say total ignorance. Uh, I wouldn't say like deep, deep knowledge or investment. I would say that I, uh, I, I mean, I'm somebody who's like intermittently read his horoscope since I was, I don't know, a teenager, um, and mm-hmm. done like a nominal amount of deeper diving with, um, maybe in mm-hmm. the last couple of years, like it feels like it's become a bit more prevalent with like app availability and stuff. And, and I think also like, I'm a, I guess, atheist leaning agnostic, not that that has anything to do with, 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 uh, with astrology necessarily, but I am like, but I am inclined to like seek. I'm not somebody who's like, you know, um, walled in intellectually certain, uh, uh, spiritual mm-hmm. anti, I'm actually pretty spiritual, spiritually open, uh, seeker kind of person. And so that like what you end up like moving around in the astrology thing sometimes. And I, and I think like someone in the last, actually, I think in the last two, maybe year and a half, two years, like a few people did like a chart with me and, um, one of my friends like was going to school for it and stuff. So I kind of, I've flirted and on and off for a while, but to what extent I actually ascribe any of it to anything I would say is pretty like, uh, shrug emoji. I don't really know, but yeah. Cool. That seems like a, a pretty, your relationship to astrology feels like what might be the current kind of status quo in, in, um, in like the circles we run in anyway, I mm-hmm. feel like it's hard to escape it. Everybody at this point, everybody knows at least a handful of people that know their chart and have an app and talk about it, totally. even if it's just casually. Um, or exhaustively. It's definitely become <laughs> endlessly. Yeah, or exhaustively. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's 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 a an interesting social thing, you know, how it's going to affect someone. Like I was like raised Catholic, and I don't. That light went out when I was like fifteen. But in the last two or three years, there's like a church that I used to actually go to when I was a kid that's like not far from where my daughter gets dropped off for daycare. There have been times at like 8.30 in the morning that I've like gone into that church to like meditate or just sit there for a minute or actually even be there for like 15 minutes of a Catholic mass. And I don't have to like, Mm -hmm. I don't have to buy what's being sold or like, uh, get communion or like, you know, uh, stick around right. and, and, uh, make reconciliation or anything else to like actually. And the truth is I can get something from sort of all of it. And then there's a point where it would not just Catholicism. That's just the thing I was raised in, but anything I've ever bumped up against in any of those. And then things that are like more outside, not like religious tradition, but spiritual or psychological, whatever. Um, Mm-hmm. But then there's a whole lot. I'm just sort of like allergic to evangelism in any way. And that includes like evangelical atheism too. It's like the most exhausting, boring thing to me to listen to someone drone on endlessly about <laughs> how sure they are about yeah. all of that. So like, I, yeah, I feel, I think that's cool. Strong atheism feels as frustrating to me as, you know, any extreme religious leaning. Just, just like shut up. <laughs> yeah. When you push something far enough away from you, you start to become it. I that's, think that's right. That works in like any arena of life. That's right. Uh, let's talk about what, what are your sun, moon and rising? One of the people who did my reading mm-hmm. was Jenny, actually, a year and a half ago. Oh, um, when we did a write together. Okay. My son is in Sagittarius. I saved it on my desktop when she did it. <clears throat> my son is in Sagittarius. My moon mm-hmm. is in Capricorn and my rising is Leo. Let's do the first question here. The sun question. What do you think your purpose is? Uh, um, I think on like my best days, it's like pretty simple. Try to be like, uh, try to be a person who is like responsible, uh, present kind of service, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, I don't think that's something that that's, those are like, that's what I think. And the days that I can like get close to any of those things are days that feel Mm -hmm. like, um, 
better used, <laughs> closer to whatever there is out there. Like the days I'm like less balled up like a fist inside myself. And the ways I tend to get to that, like the way the fingers open is usually through like um, n not isolating and like not um, obsessing about myself. And that's usually ar arrived at through like trying to connect to other people. And usually in some way that involves like being helpful. Um, and I see maybe the easiest, I see that most clearly right now as maybe a boring answer, but with my kid, like those days are very purpose driven, even when there's not much to them. And I like that because mm -hmm. they, it's sort of acts as a microcosm for everything else. Not everything is going to be that. And I lived for 35 years without a kid. I do think making music or being involved with music is like a, my like a life's work. I want to have a life in music. I would like what to, and, and I'd like to do that a particular way that sort of intersects with those things too. Um, like, you know, make things mm -hmm. that feel honest, whatever that means, tricky word, but make things that feel honest and engage with the act of making them and the act of like toting them around to people in ways that feel like responsible and not gross. All of those seem to go together pretty succinctly. You know, the first thing you said being uh, getting outside of yourself through connecting with other people, which is something that you do with your kid and also through music. Okay, moon question. Okay. What makes you feel safe? Uh, funny thing my brain said was routine. And I live like an mm. unroutinized it's funny because, you know, touring musician isn't necessary. In some ways, you have to be like mega flexible, mega adaptable, mega like take it as it comes and and like willing to like be to have elasticity. But in other ways, there is like a real rhythm to it outside of like once you get into that rhythm outside of like the odd curveball here and there where like a vehicle breaks down or there's weather issues or the I mean, whatever you know but usually there can be a real like it's a weird rhythm it's not the rhythm that's like everybody's nine to five but there is a rhythm to it but when I'm home I, the days that have the most structure the days that have like some routine around like mental, spiritual wellness and like uh, work and some maybe some physical health thrown in there every once in a while. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, yeah. All right. So final question, the rising question, what TV show, movie character, book character, any kind of fictional anything do you most aspire to be like and relate to? Okay. I'm going to say something that's going to sound ridiculous, but it's just what my brain thought. Okay. So, mm -hmm. um, um, it, I don't mean for, I feel like it's eye roll inducing cause maybe it sounds pretentious. Okay. Fuck it. Who cares? Okay. Malcolm X. This is why I say that. Ready? So I am, mm -hmm. a, you know, um, I grew up in South Brooklyn and Staten Island. I grew up, um, I'm a, you know, Irish Catholic white guy, uh, straight cisgendered, you know, from, uh, 39 year old American white guy. I remember reading that book when uh, the autobiography, when I was like, I don't know when I was like, maybe I was 20, 18, 19, 20 or something. And I feel like September 11th happened. And that was a thing that was like the whatever kind of like armchair largesse of the Clinton years where like a lot of fucked up stuff was happening, but the economy was good and people could be like, well, it's not so bad. It's like, oh, there's a lot of crazy shit happening around the world. Why would people be so mad? You're kind of like moving around and learning all this stuff. So reading the book and kind of realizing like if the stated goal of so much of the American experience is like... <laughs> pulling yourself up by the bootstraps, um, admitting your being the, like the, the, the strength and vulnerability of admitting that you were wrong about prior incarnations of yourself publicly. And then like incorporating the things you learn about being wrong into making like better, more evolved, more open versions of yourself. I just was mm -hmm. like in some weird inverted way, this person is like the exemplary there's a large gap between the stated ideals of the American experience and the actual enactment of the American practice <laughs> and has been since day mm -hmm. one. 
Uh, and and, and yeah. that was a lot of what this person was talking about. But if what being a progressive is, is like holding America to its ideals in spite of itself, something about his story was always to me like so inspiring because it was just like a person who literally was like the bottom of this is like a person who was like, um, you know, from a conservative vantage point, you should be like, this is a person who was like a. Uh, a drug hustler, pimp, uneducated, who went to prison, found religion, found education and made himself into like a leader of people who not only that, but then continued to like soften himself and open himself to more, um, to more and more uh, expansive vantage points and own his mistakes in public. I don't think it's pretentious or... Um or like strange for you to say. I know that like you kind of came into it with the, that's a great answer and uh, agreed. Well, thank you so much for getting on the phone here and doing this with me, Kevin. Oh, thanks for having me. I feel like I was really serious. I'm sorry if I sound like, or, or like less playful, but you made me think it was good. <laughs> um, well, where can, where can listeners find more about you on the internet? Where, um, where are the hot places for Kevin Devine? Oh, I wouldn't, I don't know that they exist, but I, you can find me at kevindevine.net. Uh, Kevin Devine Twit is Twitter. Uh, Kevin P as in Patrick Devine is Instagram. And I think Facebook, if people ever look at Facebook still is slash Kevin Devine music. And I'm on like all of the things you can stream music on and YouTube and all that stuff too. Amazing. And is there anything uh, coming up in your future? Any shows or anything people can come see you at? Yeah, I'm doing a tour. I'm opening a tour for the Get Up Kids on the West Coast and the Mountain States. Uh, and that's in November. Uh, November 12th to 20 something. I'm doing Manchester Orchestra's stuffing festival right before Thanksgiving in Atlanta. And then I'm doing uh, some shows in December, January and February to do like a 10 year acknowledgement of a record of mine called Brothers Blood. And those shows are in uh, New York, Boston, Philly, England, Amsterdam, Germany and Brussels. And that's like kind of spread out over about two months but there's about 15 of them it's all up on the website so that's the next stuff i have going on amazing well thank you so much kevin thank you jess looking in your chart at the house and aspects of neptune both of which we will dissect in future episodes when we talk about the aspects on the houses will give us glimpses into how neptune impacts us on a personal level and on that personal level Psychologically, Neptune shows us our deepest yearnings and longings as human beings. Not romantic longings or values like what Venus shows us, but longings in an existential way. In a way that we barely understand, except through art, music, poetry, some kind of mind-altering state. But because these states can also cause confusion, for example, when a song inspires a feeling in us that we don't understand, it means that Neptune can also be tied to illusion and deception. With Neptune, we idealize, for better or for worse. In its worst form, we might meet someone and feel that they're our ideal romantic partner because of some illusion or projection we're putting on them. When they turn out to not be what we thought they were, we feel deceived. Neptune can be tied to lying and cheating in relationships, to deception in general. Whoa. It's also tied to the dissolution of the ego. We become more loving, giving, compassionate people through Neptune because through it we're able to truly step outside ourselves, like what we just talked about with what we do for children or holding the door for someone, for a stranger in public. The house that our Neptune is in hones in on just how all of these things are acted out by us personally. So our relationships to art, music, poetry, to giving, to addiction and, and deceiving, those are all things that we look at our house for instead of the sign, for the personal interpretation. Mm -hmm. So is Neptune a good planet or a bad planet? The energy of Neptune can be painful when it requires us to set down our egos because to set down our egos means to sever the part of ourselves that we're most familiar with. It's everything we know. But that pain goes away when we learn to trust ourselves and our feelings, at which point we reach a greater compassion for the world and humanity and through that for ourselves as well. It's like an infinity symbol. Neptune's Aquaman. Oh, yeah, for sure. Mm, the aquatic man. And I have a turquoise ring now. And wouldn't you say that makes me kind of like Aquaman? Definitely. Actually, I saw I caught a glimpse of that ring when I was going through all the red lobster photos. That's right. But in all of the photos, somehow your ring really takes center stage. Hell yeah. Yeah, I'm big turquoise ring guy now. It says Aquaman on it. 
I'll post a picture of it. It says Aquaman on it? No. Oh. But I'm thinking of getting engraved. Aqua, Aquaman, <laughs> the Aquatic Man, Jason Momoa. You should sneak somehow Cassie's wedding ring out and get Aquaman engraved in the inside and don't tell her. <laughs> She'd never friggin' notice. Cassie, come home. So now I'm going to just read a quick quote from Liz Green's book on Saturn. The ocean is a suitable symbol for Neptune because of its depths, its constant movement, its mystery, and its value as a symbol for the beginning and end of life, the place of emergence and disappearance. The individual is submerged in the sea of collective feeling and loses his individual emotional responses. So we see what Liz means here when, for example, we're at a movie theater and something sad happens in the movie. The room mm. responds together. The crowd cries together. In that moment, no one is an individual. They are a collective feeling responding to one shared ideal of compassion. Okay, so yeah, Neptune can be a positive planet or a negative planet. That's true of any any of the planets. And the ways in which Neptune is positive is uh, it's guiding us to a more compassionate place and the disillusion of our egos. And the negative sides of it being uh, in that journey to trying to find compassion and lose ourselves. We could lose ourselves in something destructive like an addiction of sorts, or we could lose ourselves in a way that is detrimental to who we are. Meaning if we're losing our ego, there are positives and negatives to that. So losing the ego in a bad way, losing your sense of identity, feeling lost, that's something we can attribute to Neptune. Neptunian people, so people with strong Neptune, Pisces, or 12th house placements in their chart, can appear dreamy, spacey, beautiful. They can be prone to confusion. They might be particularly artistic, musical, or poetic. If not artistic, they may incline towards professions that help people, such as hospital work or volunteer work. They may disappear a lot and be challenging to understand. The outer planets can be difficult to explain and understand in general because of their relationship to the collective. So to recap where we're at so far, Uranus gives us collective ideas and personal changes, and Neptune gives us collective compassion and personal dreams. Mm. I've been having dreams again recently. I don't remember any of them. I'm not going to talk about them, but I have just been having dreams again so there are times when you just like don't dream for a while yeah huh maybe if i uh smoke a little bit of hot i won't uh dream as much that, that is a thing for sure actually yeah. yeah i'm like a really really active dreamer actually and you smoke pot um well i haven't lately Can but i had a period it? where i i did like for like six months to a year i would just smoke it before bed every night yes. and my dreams like really did just go away yeah <laughs> this is something that we're going to talk about later like it's kind of like complex but hopefully for people listening who like will be able to grasp the stuff i'm about to say this is i'm just gonna i'm just gonna say fuck the rules um so my neptune is in the first house uh-huh and the first house gryffindor uh, the first house is the house that our ascendant touches, the rising sign, which we know about, which uh -huh. is the suit we zip up. So yep. the first house is kind of related to that energy. It's the most like, it's like my physical sense of self, of uh -huh. how I see myself, yeah. what's important to me and what people see in me. Mm -hmm. And Neptune is in my first house. So it's like, you could say almost that it's like, I wear the planet Neptune on my sleeve or, or whatever. And the first house is a very like physical, like real house. It's not heady it's not philosophical or psychological it's like related to the body and the self and the image right and i remember almost every single one of my dreams like when i wake up in the morning i remember everything that just happened mm -hmm. and it's it's when i'm not smoking weed it's every single night and your neptune is in the 12th house the very last house so it's kind of the opposite of what i just described it's it, it's entirely about the subconscious it's a complete disconnect from the self it's like an area, or sorry, the area of our lives where we are like, we feel totally out of touch with it. And it's kind of like our access point to the collective. And that's where your Neptune is about dreams. So where I remember every single one of mine and you don't remember any of yours. Yeah. Where our Neptunes are in our charts kind of. Uh, Reflect that. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Well, what's up with Cassie? Hey, all right. Cassie update. Um, so... <laughs> Cassie told me that something happened to her uh, that was very close to a fictional reality that I've created. Uh, my fictional reality. I swear to God, if this is itty bitty titty My fictional reality that I've created is starting to come true like I'm some sort of Mr. Megorium's Wonder Emporium. Um, she got a targeted Instagram ad <laughs> for a bra 
And she was like, I kind of like the way that bra looks. And I click it. And then it, she found out it's a bra for some of these people who have, how should I say, delicately itty bitty titties. <laughs> like a padded bra? Well, no, it's just like, not not padded, just like, you know, just a nice support, support for your IBTs. And does she blame you for that? I guess so, yeah. Her phone keeps hearing you whisper itty bitty <laughs> into just, it. Yeah. So that's my update on my wife. Cassandra Farron, no relation. What's her middle name? Jenna. Jenna. Isn't that interesting? Cassandra Jenna Farron. What's your middle name? Richard. Wow, I'm shocked that you don't go by like Dickie or something. <laughs> Dickie Farron. <laughs> <laughs> you think my name should be Dickie? Yeah, and Cassie could be Mrs. Dickie Farron. <laughs> Mrs. Dickie Farron. <laughs> President of the Itty Bitty Mr. and Mrs. Dickie Farron. Okay, let's do some advice. Oh, it's time to give advice. You want to go first? Sure, yeah. This one is from Unnamed, so of course I will give them a name. Tarantula Legs. (laughs) Virgo Sun, Sag, Sag After Moon, Libra Rising. My fiance, she's a Sagittarius, and I have issues with our sexual relationship. Probably just damn tarantula legs you got. <laughs> Not that the sex itself is bad because it ob- ob- absolutely isn't, but it only happens once or twice a month. We've had several conversations, but not much has changed. What should I be doing to make my comfortable... my? Oh my God, what have I never read a friggin' advice question before? What should I be doing to make my partner feel more comfortable about sex? Because I'm a horny 23-year-old and masturbation is not cutting it, LOL. Wow, we were getting horny in here. <laughs> Just uh, uh, went up a few degrees. Yeah, how about, how about... Okay, so... So we've got two people here who... Have had sex. Not with each other. <laughs> At least once or twice. Yes. Again. They're engaged. Not with each other. Oh, these people you're talking about. Okay, got it. They're engaged. One of them likes to have sex. The sex is good, but it only happens once or twice a month. They've talked about it. And that's not to say it. that the other one doesn't enjoy sex. It's just that they... Well, it seems like they have maybe feel uncomfortable about it or something because yeah. they say, what should I be doing to make my partner feel more comfortable about sex? Yeah, I wonder what the how the conversations go. That, that's a good. That's I feel like. I mean, not not that I'm asking for more information, but I just feel like we're missing a lot of information. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah, what if it's something that, that they're not comfortable with? I feel not, like they not, would mention that. I feel like they would say like there are reasons or something. Right, right. It right. seems like it's something. If you're engaged. You've, you know, there's a chance that you've been together for a while and sexual relationships, in my experience, nice, they change a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, like you go through different phases when you're together long enough. Sex is really complex. There are like so many different landscapes for it and it can res- represent so many different things to different people, you know, that communicating is really the best place to start. Like, yeah. It sometimes it feels like really weird and unsexy to like talk to your partner about the sex you're having. Mm-hmm. And of course, we all wish we never had to really like get meta about our sex life. Right. But but you'll thank yourself for doing it when you start having sex more. <laughs> I would say just keep having the conversations and 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 just be as open as possible about it mm-hmm. to your partner and and let them just listen to them as much as possible and. You know, just if you're at home and they're not home, just jerk off so you yeah. don't have to worry about it. Yeah, that definitely helps a lot. Just crank one out at home alone. There's all these websites I find when I Get look. Get a 55-inch TV. And I have a 55-inch TV now. And you and you actually go to Pornhub on your phone and then you... Air play. Yeah, to your TV. To your 55-incher. I'm talking about the TV. <laughs> That way you can scroll through all the different videos you like yeah. and then just watch it yeah. 55 inches wide. Yeah. Go to Best Buy, buy a 55-inch TV. They're going to tell you that you're not going to find any TV of substance for $300 that is 55 inches, but they are full of shit. They said that to you? They basically did. Wow. I was like, 
how give me the biggest TV for three hundred dollars. Go. And then <laughs> you know he gave me the runaround. Oh my god! But finally, was he I, really elitist about it? He was just some ding dong. And then, <laughs> but finally, I strolled out of there, paying what did I pay two eighty for fifty five inches, baby. Hell yeah! Big TV. You walk in there and you say. Get me the best TV for $300, the best TV for Pornhub, and see what they say. Yeah. And he's They'll like, know. They'll and know. And he's like, it's not a smart TV. I'm like, I don't care. I have a freaking Apple TV. I plug it in. I don't need a smart TV. I have a smart object already to plug it into. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, fucking bullshit. Idiot. Anyway, just freaking jack off and talk to your partner as openly and lovingly as possible. Yeah, I like seriously how my mind and body handles sex changes like constantly. Like I'll like get into something new or like stopping into something I was into before. You like never really know nice. what's going to make Chris's eyes closed. <laughs> 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 so, you know, maybe your partner is just kind of like not into the same shit that you usually do anymore and they want to try something new or maybe like you're trying new things and they don't want to because they like the way you've always done things. Just like talk to them about it and figure it out. Or maybe they're just stressed out and they need to take a break. Sometimes I'll have my period like twice in a month. What? And like... You're just like, women's bodies just do stupid shit. I know. I know all about them. <laughs> You've got a wife. You've been married. I'm an ally. <laughs> so if I, like, have a shit-ass month where, like, I have a surprise period that shows up, chances are I'm, like, I don't want to have sex very much that month because I've, like, been bleeding out for half of it. And mm -hmm. then the other half, I'm just, like, emotional because of the hormones. So mm -hmm. I just, like... You never know what what someone's body is going through, and maybe they just need a break, and it has nothing to do with you. But yeah. just fucking ask. All right, next question. All right, unnamed. It's what, unnamed. What's her name? It's Mrs. Freddy Krueger. <laughs> is she hot? She's so freaking hot. She has the most beautiful nails of this side of town. Cancer Sun, Sagittarius Moon, Gemini Rising. Mrs. Freddy Krueger says, "While I am Water Fire Air." And they're referring to Cancer, Sagittarius, Gemini. My significant other is Capricorn, Taurus, Virgo. Earth, Earth, Earth. They've always been the more grounded and supportive one in our relationship, as I'm often very emotional and needy. Lately, they've been in a really tough spot after losing their job and ending up at a new one that they hate and experiencing what looks to me like severe depression. They are incredibly stubborn and don't take therapy or dealing with mental health in any capacity very seriously. Lately, I've had to be the rock in our relationship, but it's a position I'm not used to. I guess I'm just seeking advice on how to handle it when the roles of a relationship are flipped and also how to help my stubborn partner out of this rut. There's really no way to help your partner out of a rut. All you can do is support them and encourage them to make healthy decisions for themselves because like, no matter how close you are with your partner and how much you love each other, it's just like impossible to make decisions for them because they've got to figure it out on their own and just being there for them you know, that's the best thing you can do. Yeah. Yeah, I would wonder. It depends on how intense it gets and how serious it gets. Like, even going so far as to say, like, you know, I, 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 I me, Chris Farron, I believe that therapy is so, so important and so helpful. Um, so if there's anything you could somehow say to get your partner into therapy, that would be great. Even if you're just like, could you just, try it just for me yeah totally <laughs> like like i'm i'm worried about you and it would just make me feel so much better and I, i'm kind of having a lot of anxiety about your depression and i would just i don't know if that's like bad if that's like guilting them but just i mean that's how you feel so i you know sometimes uh somebody's gonna feel guilty for a reason <laughs> <laughs> And that's Sometimes nice. it's so not Chris and always Jess. bad to guilt somebody. <laughs> I feel I feel comfortable saying that I don't think that anybody has anything to lose by going to therapy. For sure, yeah. Like the the worst thing that could happen is like you don't really like it and you just don't go anymore. Like yeah. that's it. So I think like Chris said, saying to them like, "Well, you just go for me," and they might find that they really like it. Yeah, I've seen that happen with people I'm close with. I'll be yeah. like, "Just fucking try it out," and then they do it, and they're like are given new life by it. Yeah. This therapy is giving me life right now. <laughs> this therapy is popping off. This therapy gives me all the feels. <laughs> me in therapy. Also me in therapy. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Okay, so, but you're not used to being the one in the rock position of the relationship because you're more emotional. Well, this is a great growing experience for you too then because you get to be in the opposite role. You can provide for someone else what's always been provided for you. Learn That's from right. it, grow from it. It's yep. not even about your partner. It's about you having the opportunity to ground yourself. Mm-hmm. That's right. All right, next question. It is Chrissy Teigen. <laughs> right oh, shit, in. I didn't know she was a fan of the pod. Yeah. She's a Virgo sun, Aquarius moon, and Libra <laughs> rising. Chrissy writes, I've been trying to figure out if any planets were in retrograde when I was born, but every website I tried to use to figure it out is either sketchy or it's just telling me what it means for each planet if they were in retrograde when I was born. Do you have any suggestions for websites I can use to find out or how to figure it out by studying my natal chart? First of all, great website, chrisfarren.com. It gives you everything you need to know. And Chris knows everything about Mercury in retrograde. Oh my gosh, the way these people have been driving lately, Mercury must be in retrograde. In that case, Mercury is always in retrograde in Los Angeles. That's right. And the air quality, Mercury must be in retrograde out here. (laughs) This is a great question because I've wondered it. Anyone who I think starts looking at charts seriously wonders this question. How the fuck do you know if a planet is in retrograde? Most chart applications chart generators do a pretty terrible job of indicating this here's how you know hopefully the chart you're looking at will display retrograde in one of two ways either the planet in question and the text around it will be a different color than the rest of them like red for example i have a couple apps where some of the planets and their little like like the notches on a natal chart where it shows like the exact degree of that planet will be red and everything else will be black Or there will be a little symbol next to it that is the retrograde symbol. And it looks like the letter R, but on the angled leg of the R, there's a little cross through it. So it makes it look like a little tiny X. It looks pretty close to the like pharmaceutical symbol. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Is that what it's called? The RX? I think so. Retrograde looks like an RX. And uh, one way that you can find out yeah, on time passages, I'm looking at it right now, and time passages does not do the red thing. It does the RX symbol. Just like zoom in on the planet. You'll see the little planetary symbol. That'll be a different color. Then you'll see the degree that it's at. Then you'll see the symbol for the sign that it's in. Then you'll see a number that is the minute that the sign is in. We'll get into that way later. And then the final thing you'll see is a little symbol, the little RX symbol. That's how you know it's in retrograde. Uh, and just to have another comparison, um, Astro Gold is another app. And these are my two favorite apps, by the way, Time Passages and Astro Gold. And Astro Gold does the red version where uh, all of the, I have mine in kind of like the dark mode or whatever. So all of the non-retrograde planets are white and all of the retrograde planets, the text is in red. Okay, blah, blah, blah. All of this to say that retrograde planets, if they are, if your planets are in retrograde when you're born, it just means that the energy that that planet normally presents is going to have a more reflective or perhaps inverse meaning when it's in retrograde. For example, if your Mercury is in retrograde, typically when it's not in retrograde, Mercury is about mentality and mental processing, information, communication. When it's in retrograde, then we perhaps are having a more inward approach to that. Take the energies of any planet that is in retrograde in your chart, and that energy is pointed at you instead of at the world outside of yourself. You're cured. Congratulations. Okay, and now I have something that I am deciding to say. We are. We would love it if you would rate and review our podcast, please, on iTunes or whatever podcast app. iTunes doesn't exist anymore. I don't think you can even rate on the other stuff. I've seen people like email us and be like, I couldn't review you on Google or Spotify. Yelp. Yeah. Yelp review. Go to Yelp. Give us a nice five star. Opa. Uh, So we got a four stars from somebody who who goes by. She ain't got a lime in. Uh, I don't know what that means either. This is four stars out of five. Okay, this person said, could have been five. This podcast is both funny and informative. What more could you want? It could have been five stars, but they advised my wife to get a new wife. I'm deployed. 
while I'm deployed, probably. Besides that, I enjoy listening to Chris's saucy voice, Jessica Rabbit's quippy comebacks, <laughs> and producer Jenny's sage advice while they talk about astronomy. Beautiful. They really get it. We mainly talk about astrology. Astronomy is... Well, <laughs> who knows these days. Astronomy is more in the realm of physics, I think, mm. sort of, and I know jack shit about that. Other I than... bring the astronomy, Jess brings the astrology. <laughs> That's what we always say. That's what we always say. You can write into us at astroblasting at gmail.com or at our website, astroblasting.com, and we may answer your advice questions. Keep them coming, people. Love to hear from you. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at astroblasting on both. And we have a Scorpio playlist on Spotify and Apple Music, which you can find by looking it up on those places or going to our website and scrolling down to the Astro Jam section. I yeah. got a big tour coming up. Check out Chris's tour dates. He's got so many of them in multiple countries. Every country you can imagine. But mostly right now I've announced the United States and the UK and one show in Canada and one show in Scotland and Wales as well. And please buy a ticket to one of the shows and you know what? Take a picture of the tweet of the, of the tweet at me and show me that you bought a bought a ticket. And it is very helpful to me when you buy tickets to my shows, and especially when you come. Actually, I wonder: is it more helpful for them to buy ticket or to come to the show? A little bit of both. Producer Jenny's EP comes out night shift on November fifteenth. That is this Friday. This Friday. Most of the songs are already out. She's been been releasing them all one at a time. But it'll be out there to stream in full, and it's so beautiful. On the one-month anniversary of Born Hot. No, the, the one-month-and-one-week anniversary of Born Hot. Ooh, sexy. Well, speaking of... Speaking of sexy? You can do better than that. Come on. Well, you were saying, about to say speaking of... I was going to talk about your wife's boobs. What the hell? Her little itty-bitties? Titties? Speaking of Chris's wife's little itty-bitties... Uh-huh. ...and support bras... Uh-huh. I made for the D. To the stars and back? <laughs>